0: Greetings listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I'm Dave Reed, and I would like to know what the hell is going on with this show.
1: (laughs) And I'm Kristen Riley, and this is The Cast Files.
0: I'm a nerd who has somehow never seen The X-Files and would currently like to know what the hell is going on with this
1: show. And I watched it when it originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files, spoiler free.
0: Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode Thirteen Irresistible. It originally aired January 13th, 1995. It was written by Chris Carter, directed by David Nutter, the team you would think would create a fantastic episode.
1: I think we're starting to see how Chris Carter feels about women.
0: There's a bit later in the episode where Mulder starts talking about how this perpetrator, you can tell, really hates women. And I'm like, is he writing about himself?
1: Me too.
0: When we watched it for the first time, I asked you, because it's been a slew now. It's been weeks in oh, a row. Oh my
1: gosh, yes.
0: Was Chris Carter going through a divorce at the time?
1: And so I did a little bit of preliminary Googling and did not find that out, but I spoiled the end of season eight for myself and am just about ready to quit.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: <laughs> it doesn't get better.
0: Cool. Cool, cool, cool.
1: Yeah. All right. So how did you feel about this episode?
0: (laughs) I did not like it Mm. at all.
1: Well, here's what Chris Carter said about it. I've got a couple of different things. Um, This is just the beginning part. Ultimately, Chris Carter was highly pleased with this episode. In a 1996 interview, he stated, I think it's one of our scariest shows. I thought it worked in its own way. He said that in X-Files Confidential on page six, if you want to look at it. He also considers it one of the primary influences on his show Millennium, which premiered the following year.
0: Oh, okay. I'm surprised he had good things to say about an episode he wrote.
1: Right? What a shock. So here's a bit of what this episode is about. I'm going to give you three summaries, and I want you to tell me which one is the best. Okay. So, sample one. A mortuary worker who collects hair and fingernails from dead bodies, begins to kill people to expand his collection, and he sets his sights on Scully. Okay. I mean that's kinda yeah. Yeah. I am oh well, I am DB. <laughs> I didn't tell you who the first one was. <laughs> Scully and Mulder hunt down a fetishist who collects pieces of the dead.
0: Uh kind yeah, okay. That
1: feels very fantastical for what it is.
0: Yeah. And he does get Just a clump of hair out of a trash can at one point.
1: (laughs) Right. And then three, when Mulder and Scully investigate murders committed by a serial killer, Scully has to deal with her own demons brought on by the investigation. Which is odd. It is.
0: It's kind of out of nowhere. Or it's not well explained, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think the first summary really nails it. Yeah. Surprise. That's from X-Files fandom. Oh. They did it. All right, the cast, we have a whole bunch of people who have already been in The (laughs) X-Files. We have Glennis Davies as Ellen, previously played Nelson in The X-Files episode, Tombs. We have Dwight McPhee as a suspect, previously played David Gates in The X-Files episode, Shapes, and the commander in Little Green Men.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Kathleen DeBorg. As the sex worker previously played mother in the X Files episode Blood, mother, mother.
0: Oh no, Blood is not the one I'm thinking
1: of. I know. I thought of like <laughs> four other ones, and then I was like, Oh, it's a- no. And then Mark Saunders, Agent Carl Bush, previously played Doctor Number Two in the X Files episode Lazarus.
0: Hmm. What about Mo Box? I didn't,
1: that's didn't all. Didn't grab did. him. No. Nope. Okay. That's it. I've done this a little bit differently. Instead of going scene by scene, I've just done the whole plot. And so we'll just go through that. Because if, if you've seen it, you don't need to go scene by scene, and if you haven't seen it, you also don't need to go scene by scene because some of this feel, feels like filler. Okay. But the plot is really what we're here for anyway. We start in Minneapolis, Minnesota. A funeral is held for a young woman. Her name is Jennifer. During the eulogy, which is given by a child, we hear a lot of sniffling. Also, this is the best corpse I've ever seen.
0: Well, the hair and makeup were very well done.
1: She looked alive.
0: What's his face? David? Faster? Whatever. Yeah, faster. Donnie. Donnie faster? He's very good at his job.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've seen some corpses and this person looked just lively. (laughs) Said, then we meet a goddamn creep, (laughs) which is faster.
0: Fright. It's so obvious that he's like the creep of the episode when he walked up to the dead body. I was like, Oh, I hope he just eats the
1: body. You did say that. (laughs) Yes. And wasn't he like sweating in the back corner?
0: I don't remember that.
1: Ugh. Apparently the family changed the service or burial to the next day in the middle of the viewing, which is fine because it's their child's dead, but also strange. I didn't know that you would change it in the middle of
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Of
1: that. But then a strange man watches the speech from the entrance door and later approaches the open casket of Jennifer, touching her hair almost lovingly. Then he closes the casket. And I was like, good, just keep it closed and we're done here. (laughs) The end. Nothing nothing else happens. (laughs) Later that night, the funeral director is startled by a noise. I don't know why he's walking through in the complete dark.
0: Maybe he also lives there?
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I know that happens a lot, which I'm fine with him walking through the mortuary alone at night. But it just, it was pitch black. <laughs> like, you're, you're going to run into something, man. Yeah, he's got
0: good night vision.
1: <laughs> I guess so. So he's startled by a noise and he gets scared and turns on the light. Which, I mean, I would just, I understand. I would just scare myself if I was walking through anywhere in the pitch black, the end. Yeah,
0: but first before he hits, gets to the light we see the first glimpse of that. Oh yeah. The creature that is not real?
1: I don't know. Unclear.
0: But it's it looks super cool.
1: Yeah, that would have been really cool if that had kept up.
0: Yeah. One of the disappointing parts about this episode.
1: <laughs> After the shock, he realizes that the man at the doorway is actually his assistant, the creepy guy from the the opening who was touching Jennifer's hair. When the funeral director is questioning the assistant, which turns out to be Faster, Faster is evasive, saying he's working. You know, you know how you do. Late, late at night. Yeah. Alone in the dark. Sure. The funeral director notices a pair of scissors in Faster's hand and chunks of hair lying about. He opens Jennifer's casket to find that a good portion of her hair has been crudely cut off. Which is wild. It looks like he just took shears and just like chop, 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 and then dropped it all over her.
0: He gave her 80s hair and it looks great.
1: (laughs) Okay, you're right.
0: So I'm not sure what anybody is fussing about.
1: (laughs) Well, the funeral director is sickened and outraged and he fires faster, who wordlessly leaves, turns and leaves. The fun thing here is that the funeral director says he should report him, but he's not going to. So this is, this is, you know, much like... Catholic priest situation. It's
0: so good. He's like, I should report you, but I'm bad
1: at everything. Yeah. <laughs> Said, how many times do you think this guy has been moved from one funeral home to another? Uh, a couple, probably. Much like a Catholic priest. The FBI agents are called in Minneapolis by Agent Mo Box, which seems completely unnecessary because it's obviously a dude who's cutting up hair of dead people. Yeah. <laughs> But Agent Mobox is certain that the desecrated body at this local cemetery is because of aliens.
0: They do not explain why he thinks that at all. It's kind of just out of nowhere. Just to get Mulder and Scully involved.
1: Yes. He uh, he refers to MUFON.
0: Which is nice.
1: That was fun. Also, it's raining again, so you know Mulder's upset. <laughs> yeah.
0: But <laughs> well, at least he's got an
1: umbrella. And what did you think about the shot of the desecrated body?
0: It was weird.
1: It was fucked. I was not ready for that. Of all of the stuff that we've seen in these episodes, I was like, this is what we're doing and this just solidifies how much <laughs> the men on this show do not like women. <sighs> uh, yeah. Mulder uncharacteristically discounts Bach's theory that aliens are involved and in suggests they search the area for footprints. Has no one looked for prints?
0: <laughs> Clearly not. It's all rainy and wet, so how are we gonna find footprints? But this thing is this thing, this guy is taking hair and fingernails, so I'm watching an X-Files episode. I'm like, whatever this thing is, it, it eats keratin. Right. But that never comes around.
1: No. Do we even see what he does with them? No.
0: I think he's got a pillow stuffed with hair later. I think he's just a guy. And people are seeing him as a monster, as a way to deal or whatever. Yes,
1: they are, because they start talking about that in a little bit. And they're like, can you believe this monster? It's inhuman. And the whole time I'm shrieking at the TV, like, no, this is a human. This is a human doing human things. Humans can be awful.
0: And it's really not very clear what stance the show is taking.
1: No, I don't think they know. Because sometimes they're like, look, we made a monster.
0: Right. And they did make a cool looking monster, which is frustrating.
1: Yes. well, Scully is shaken by the desecration of a body, which also feels uncharacteristic. Not that she can't be shaken because the, I was, but I'm also not a doctor. a doctor
0: who does autopsies
1: On and not only autopsies, but autopsies on the weirdest things. <laughs> right. Do, do the... we remember the worm that resided in that body a while back, the one that wanted to invite her inside for tea?
0: Yeah, or the baboon looking thing at the in episode one?
1: Right. Or any number of others. Yeah. It's weird how shaken she is. I can definitely see... It's not weird how shaken she is in the moment. Fine. Your initial reaction can be, oh, this is awful. I was not anticipating this. But the way that it carries throughout is odd. Uh-huh. So, meanwhile, faster interviews for a new job, performing deliveries for Biciccello.
0: I think it's groceries?
1: Frozen foods. Vicicello? Oh,
0: frozen foods.
1: Yeah. Which is fine. He, um, he charms the interviewer by saying that he was in cosmetology and by knowing the shade of her lipstick.
0: She's just taken with
1: him. And then saying he is very religious. Yeah,
0: even though he talks like this and he's very creepy.
1: I So you were watching it. This is a little bit behind the curtains. You were watching it a second time. I had my earphones in because I'm in the middle of my work day. This is my lunch break. Doing my second job. And when he started talking, it pierced through my headphones. Oh, wow. And I just like, my neck just whipped this way. Because I didn't want this guy walking up and creeping up behind me. It's the middle of the day also, guys. <laughs> the guy, the tone was creepy. So good job. There are two more bodies that turn up with hair and fingernails removed. Mulder believes this is the work of an escalating fetishist who may resort to murder to keep up his desires for bodies.
0: Yeah, now that he's not in the mortuary business. Yeah. He needs a place.
1: So, when the first body turns up, I guess we don't know how long it's been from cutting up the girl's hair, cutting off the girl's hair, to Mulder and Scully showing up and finding the desecrated corpse.
0: A day? Oh. It's probably not been very long. Oh, although she was kind of decayed. Yeah. So I have no idea.
1: No, she was kind of decayed, and he had just gotten fired, and he had just gotten his trophy, so he wouldn't have left the facility after getting fired and then gone straight to the graveyard.
0: No. No, because she wasn't getting buried till the next day.
1: Was it the same girl?
0: I thought it was.
1: Oh, I thought it was a different person. It may have been. Hmm. Because they said something about October. Oh really yeah because we both were like October when did this when did this air?
0: Well later in the autopsy Scully says it's November.
1: Oh, okay October, November, whatever either way. so they think it's a fetishist. Scully attempts to keep her growing unease to herself and writes up a field report on necrophilia. <laughs> so this is another thing that doesn't make sense. Scully's uneasy one doesn't make sense uh, yet. Again, her initial reaction at the grave, fine. Although she had no reaction to the ape falling out of the coffin, so whatever, in episode one. But she's continually uneasy, and she's trying to hide it from Mulder. Yeah. After they've been through all of these other things that have been more, more personal. Scully was just kidnapped.
0: This episode seems like just an excuse to, quote, Take Scully down a peg. Right. It really just comes off as an episode written to beat up on Scully for no real reason. Maybe a- the fans another... liked her too much and Chris Carter didn't like that.
1: Another one. Another episode to take her down. Yeah. Because this is another episode where she's gagged.
0: Yeah. And just pure damsel. Yeah. It's, it's gross.
1: So she's the smart person in this in this partnership. I, I know Mulder is also smart, but he's also, he's the skeptic, or not he's a skeptic, he's the, uh, I wanna believe it's aliens guy, so fine. So he lets his feelings take over more often than his knowledge or any any other reasoning. Scully is the reasonable one who wants to find the actual realistic reasons why certain things are happening, and every single episode, of course, because of how the episodes are set up in the storyline, Mulder has to be right. But it's just getting worse and worse. It's just like freaking, it's like a smackdown every week.
0: Yeah, and now it's getting physically a smackdown every week.
1: Yeah, it's real gross. So uh, during the production, I have a couple of production notes to, to break this up a little bit. The concept of a death fetishist was created specifically for this episode, according to Chris Carter.
0: Oh, what?
1: Who originally envisioned Donnie Faster as a necrophiliac. Oh, cool. The network was against using the term or concept as it was deemed too extreme. Hmm. But we did just have a woman brutally raped by ghosts. Yeah. And then nobody believed her.
0: That was nice.
1: So, not too extreme. No. So it was referred to in a roundabout manner. Nonetheless, Carter continued to believe one of the keys to writing the episode was to keep it realistic. I think I was able to explore the character of Scully in a way I wouldn't have been able to with a supernatural theme, he clarified. Continuing his quote, he says, Sometimes even more scary than the things we can imagine are the things that are unimaginable, which is that the man standing next to you could be this kind of guy. Sometimes the face of evil can become frighteningly real and distorted through the prism of your own unconscious fears. That's what we were playing with, unquote.
0: Nothing bad has ever happened to Chris Carter, has it?
1: Nope. Can you believe that a man could be someone to be afraid of? <laughs> oh, wow. I've never, it's never occurred to me, Chris Carter, to think of that. And so I decided to play with it and make Scully the, the target. Brave. You know, it's never been done before. A, a man brutalizing women. Who'd have thunk it? Really, really twisting that.
0: Uh, When Molly's doing her field reporting, whatever, she talks... When Molly? When Scully is doing her field reporting, Mm -hmm. typing on her computer doing the Doogie Howser thing, Mm -hmm. she mentions that this guy is above average intelligence Mm. with an IQ of over 150 and (laughs) also a perfect skull shape.
1: (laughs) Because, as we have noted previously, if you're not being caught immediately by the (laughs) FBI...
0: Then you have to be really smart.
1: Really smart. Now, let's explore. What has this man done that's been really smart?
0: Um, he got caught the first time we saw him doing anything. Yep. Immediately. Just making a huge mess making it obvious what he was doing.
1: He did not get turned in, though.
0: So that was smart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So okay. He, so he's got that. Anything else?
0: Um. No
1: picking up sex workers because the police are definitely not going to actually look into it. Oh,
0: that's smart.
1: Ugh. So he brings the, he brings a sex worker to his apartment and asks her to bathe. She's confused and surprised. She agrees nevertheless, but she's a little bit cautious. He also asks her about her hair, specifically if it is, if she uses shampoo for colored hair. And she's like, um... No one's ever asked me this before. You want me to wash my hair? And he says, if it's unusual, I'll pay extra.
0: Well, so that's nice. I
1: mean, at least. That's good. If he wasn't going to murder her, you should offer to pay extra for extra things. If he
0: was just, you know, wanted a sex worker for the night, then good on him for offering.
1: Right. I agree. Except I can't agree because that's not what this is about. (laughs) I
0: like to pretend sometimes. (laughs) Okay. That the episode is not what I'm actually watching.
1: <laughs> hey, be nice to your sex workers. They are also people doing a goddamn job. <laughs> All right. When Faster is distracted by the phone, the sex worker undresses and gets into the bath. But it's ice cold, so she comes out while he's still on the phone and says, Hey, what's... What did she say? What did she say?
0: Like, what's the deal?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so was, something like that. It was something. Hey, what's the deal? It was really strange. She
0: came out and said, what's the deal with ice cold burns?"
1: Yep. Uh, So she's confronting him and she finds that the room is full of stolen funeral wreaths.
0: Which is a good reason to freak out.
1: Yeah. Just at this point, just go. Okay, bye. Yeah. I'm running out into the night in this towel. The end. (sighs) Unfortunately, she doesn't get out uh, faster Calmly finishes his phone call, which is, you know, congratulations to Faster. It was the call that gave him the job working at the Ficicello Food Company because Mr. Ficicello really admires people who are honest.
0: Yes, and religious. If you're yes. religious, you can't be bad.
1: Exactly. And that's when he goes, that's when Faster goes after the fleeing sex worker. We see that later her corpse turns up in an abandoned lot with her hair cut off and entire fingers removed, which is excessive since he was only taking fingernails before.
0: He is escalating, like Mulder said. Mulder straight up said he's going to end up murdering somebody, and Mo Box was like, why
1: do we want to alarm
0: people? Oh my
1: gosh, he actually said that. Yep. And then he was like, but it was just a sex worker, and he did that gesture with his hands. (laughs) Hey! Uh, Scully becomes increasingly disturbed by the case, but insists to Mulder that she is fine. Again, why? Just be like, look, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just too close because I was just captured by a crazed man and I'm having some trouble dealing with another crazed man this close right now. Or maybe she can't talk to Mulder because he's another crazed man in her life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, she trusts him with her life.
1: Ugh. <sighs> well, we'll never know. Having gotten himself a job, Faster makes his first delivery to a home in an upscale neighborhood, which is what this um, summary I read said, and I kept looking at the house and I was like, is this upscale?
0: It looked like a normal house that was built in the 1960s.
1: Yeah, it just, it wasn't a bad house by any means. No, it was a anyways. nice house. Yes, but <laughs> I was like, upscale, Do what do I think of upscale?
0: Not that. That house looked really good, but normal.
1: Yeah, middle class. Yeah totally totally livable situation.
0: It was was it even two story?
1: I don't know. I
0: think it was a ranch.
1: But you know what? Then again, when he asks if he can wash his hands in the bathroom? Oh yeah. There is a bathroom off of the service porch.
0: What the hell is a service porch?
1: I don't know. I, also- I don't know. Also, okay, so he's delivering food. She Invites him in, which is the weirdest thing because now we're in 2022, all of us have had food delivered. Many of us have had food delivered in some way, shape or form. And you don't just invite the person inside.
0: No, but services like that don't exist anymore.
1: I guess that's true. It was just wild. She's like, oh, come on in. And then he's putting everything away. Fine. I guess that makes sense. But then he asks if he can wash his hands after he sees her daughter and he wants to obviously be a creep about it. But she says, sure, go use the bathroom off the service porch, porch," which I guess she maybe she sent him over to the bathroom instead of just saying, here, use the kitchen sink, because I would (laughs) have just thought, use the kitchen sink. Maybe she was like, maybe he needs to use the restroom. And that's how he's asking, Hmm. which just occurred to me also because I was too hung up on a service porch. But he goes into the bathroom and digs through, (laughs) digs through the trash can, just digs through the trash can, bare hands.
0: And finds a clump of hair.
1: So she must have... The only reason that I can think of a clump of hair like that would be is if the one of the daughters, because the woman mentions having three daughters, if one of the daughters had just cleaned out her hairbrush.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: But the likelihood that it would have timed up that way?
0: Yeah.
1: Or I guess maybe grabbed nasty hair out of the bottom of the bathtub and thrown it in the sink? <laughs> not in the sink in the trash? Either way any anyway (laughs) anyway it's awful (sighs) oh and he smells it too after he grabs it out of the trash so
0: they did do a very good job of casting this guy this guy is incredibly creepy
1: i would not like to run into him ever
0: i can't imagine what roles he got after this
1: oh my gosh i don't want to know
0: creepy stalker guy creepy stalker guy creepy stalker guy <laughs> creepy killer dude
1: yes so in the in the another scene um, it's I believe it's nighttime at this point one of the sex workers friends f- fails to identify the suspect from a line of men which makes sense because they all look like dudes it leads Mulner to suspect the killer has no criminal record okay that seems like a leap because I think I would have been like oh it's not
0: one of these guys so it's not a guy with a record thats <laughs>
1: Yes, my my thing, my statement was about to be. I would assume it was probably not one of these guys.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And nothing else about him. <laughs> but because he doesn't have a criminal record, we assume it will make him much more difficult to find. Which means that cops aren't actually doing any sort of job. What they're doing is they're just re-arresting the same people over and over again.
0: Probably regardless of whether or not they're guilty of the thing they're arresting them for.
1: Yes. Mulder decides to go back to the profile, specifically in regards to the killer's intense hatred for women.
0: Good job. Good detective work on that. I don't know how he figured that out.
1: I don't know. There's a man, and he's mutilating the bodies of only women. You know what? He's probably a decent guy.
0: <laughs> he's always been nice to me. <laughs>
1: Faster attends night class and is attracted to a classmate's hair. He follows her to her car. Don't do that, people. And tries to ingratiate himself with a question about their homework.
0: A dumb question about their homework. Yes. And she has short hair, so I don't know why he's going after her.
1: It's nice looking. I mean, it looks... Um, it looks
0: fine, but you're not going to get a good...
1: It looks conditioned, I think.
0: Oh, uh, all right. But
1: you're right. It was short hair. It wasn't long.
0: You would think this guy would just be long hair guy.
1: I thought so too, but whatever. His suspicious behavior makes the woman uneasy, along with following her out to her car at night and then asking her questions in the dark. Don't do that. You can ask your classmate questions in the classroom in the light.
0: Are we supposed to read chapters 10 and 11 or 11 and 12? Well, have you read 10 yet? Then read 10, 11, and 12. What's your problem, dude?
1: Well, he tries to attack her and she kicks him in the balls, which is great. And then she runs away, which I thought was interesting because I feel like I would have probably gotten in my car and locked my doors and then maybe run over him.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But. That seems like the way to go.
1: But she did run. But here's the thing. If I had done that, then I would have gotten arrested. And (laughs) in this scenario, she flees and he gets arrested, which is a thing I've never seen happen in real life. (laughs) A man be a fucking creep attack somebody, and then actually get arrested.
0: Yeah. I guess she knew what she was doing.
1: Good on her. I would have, what I'm saying is I would have fucked it up.
0: Oh, gotcha.
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The agent Bach from the beginning calls the agents, calls the agents or the police officer Bach, whatever, calls the agents to the jail where they have what they think is their suspect. Although this man is not the killer. He happens to be in a cell across the way from Faster because now we've got this guy who's got a cut on his face who had solicited a sex worker and then gotten creepy and attacked her. And the cop says, they're all carrying knives these days after what happened.
0: (laughs) Seems reasonable to me. Right?
1: Well, they talk to the guy with the cut on his face who is not Faster, find out that it's not him. It's not the killer. Although, I'm glad they didn't just let him out because he obviously attacked the sex worker.
0: Yeah. Well, he didn't get arrested for being the hair and nails guy.
1: That's true. I honestly don't think he would have gotten arrested for that either. I think they would have arrested her.
0: Oh. Man. It's not me. I didn't do it.
1: So they're talking to the suspect who's across the way from Faster. Nobody talks to Faster, he's just sitting in his cell. As the agents question the suspect, Faster becomes entranced by Scully's hair. As the agents leave, Scully notices notices Faster staring and is unnerved by it. Fair. This is fair. This is an unnerved Scully that is fair. This guy is a freaking creep. She volunteers to take the body back to Washington for fingerprint and evidence analysis. Uh, This is the body of the original sex worker that we saw, not the one who attacked the suspect. And, again, telling Mulder that she can handle herself when he shows concern.
0: Yeah, his concern is poorly worded. It is. If you're having trouble with this case, I want you to tell me. Like, I get what you're doing, but you're doing it wrong.
1: Yeah. A lot of us aren't that good in the moment.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true.
1: But they have writers and editors. <laughs> <laughs> that's also true. After the agents leave, Faster learns Scully's name from the man they had questioned and is released soon after when his classmate declines to press charges.
0: Yeah, the cop comes up and says, Yeah, the lady you attacked, uh, we talked her out of pressing charges. He may as well have said
1: that. Yeah, it was we very We all know clear.
0: how these things get dropped.
1: It's very clear.
0: Hey, the guy just wanted a good time. Right. Why are you trying to ruin this man's life?
1: Oh my gosh. This giant man. Because I don't think we've said how big he is. He is huge. Look, he just uh, he just liked you.
0: Take the compliment.
1: Oh, yes. Ugh. Scully returns to Washington and meets with a social worker named Karen Kosef During the meeting, she tells the social worker that she doesn't want Mulder to feel like he has to protect her. Which is fair, but also feels very weirdly placed. Especially since they damsel her in literally every episode. It's yeah
0: too many too much
1: they do go to the um, fingerprint analysis lab and the technician tells Scully that he found a fingerprint on one of the sex workers remaining fingernails possibly left during the struggle so what happened was faster had cut off all of her fingers but not her thumbs Mm -hmm. and on the thumb was a print of his finger print Afterwards, Scully, about to return to Minneapolis, is told that she was called by someone, although Mulder Norbox had done so.
0: Yeah, I don't remember the name, and I didn't write it down. I'm not good at taking messages. Right. (laughs) Why are you the guy taking messages, then?
1: I was of two minds of this, because I am also bad at taking messages, especially if I'm, like, in the middle of doing something else. But how did the hell did
0: the dude get the number for that?
1: specific autopsy office or whatever the fingerprint analysis lab because that's right. where they're at <laughs> i don't know i was very curious it doesn't come back up <laughs> tracing the fingerprint too faster from his recent arrest because remember he got arrested otherwise they would never have found him mm-hmm. box has faster's home rated finding some human hair and one of the sex workers fingers in the refrigerator it was in the refrigerator in a box of brussels sprouts With freezer burn.
0: I guess fingers taste like Brussels sprouts. Huh. Makes sense to me.
1: Okay. I guess I would have thought more like chicken wings. No,
0: Brussels sprouts.
1: (laughs) I'm thinking chicken wings because tiny little bit of meat on a bone. No,
0: you eat them like chicken wings, but they taste like Brussels sprouts. Okay. Because if you did like a Brussels sprout skewer, Ah. that would be a lot like eating a finger.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Gross. The more you know. (laughs) GIF. Faster follows Scully as she leaves the airport because she has since left many or left DC to go back to Minneapolis, and he knows that she's coming back to Minneapolis. I guess because the guy who's bad at taking messages is really good at telling all of her schedule.
0: Yes, (laughs) Uh, we blew through some stuff too fast. Scully says she's going to modem some stuff over.
1: Oh yes, this is when she was back in DC.
0: Yep, back in DC. And when they raid the fastest place, as soon as they break in the door, you can hear one guy go, "I'll take the bedroom." You didn't have a plan before you went in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna go raid this place. All right, should we have a plan? Nah, we're gonna wing it. Go ahead. Boom. I'll take the bedroom. I got the kitchen. <laughs> I got the bathroom.
1: I don't know. I don't know how this works.
0: And Scully, when she lands, she lands at the Charles Lindbergh uh, airport terminal of the airport. Oh yeah you didn't catch that no. uh charles Lindbergh, famous nazi sympathizer great and i'm always going to take a chance to say fuck the nazis and their sympathizers anytime i can so i had to shout that out
1: so now that we're here faster is following scully as she leaves the airport and which, forces her car off the road
0: which nobody met scully at the airport nope what the hell
1: i don't know have you never traveled for work before
0: we're just going to rent nine cars when we get there. Everybody gets a car.
1: Yes. The government has too much money. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> the law
0: enforcement specifically has too much money. Specifically law
1: enforcement. Yes. All right. They find Scully's empty car. Mulder and Box send the paint stains found on the back end for analysis. It's another Scully in a car situation. Ugh, this. She's So she's been abducted again. For the 14th time in 35 episodes or whatever. <sighs> Faster brings Scully to an abandoned house where she is bound and gagged and beat up. And we get a nice close-in shot of her scratched up face. She is terrified and gagged. Awesome.
0: Meanwhile, Mulder's getting mad that cops get recorded when they commit crimes. hmm Which is cool.
1: It's awesome. And then she's locked in a closet while he prepares a bath for her. And I checked out at this point because I was like, I can't handle this. So I recently read a book that was very similar to this. There was a guy who was a serial killer and he was kidnapping women, shocking, and keeping them in closets. And I was going to say what the book was because it was really good and I could not find it. And I even Googled thriller about about a killer who keeps a girl in a closet and she's rescued and he comes back for her as a veterinarian. And I cannot find the name. So, if you know what book that was, let me know what the name of it was so I can share if you're into that kind of thing.
0: If you know what book Kristen read, let her know.
1: It should should have returned a result, but it didn't. As faster opens the closet door to check on her, Scully momentarily sees him change forms until he is a demon.
0: So weird, the shape-shifting thing.
1: Yeah, because he didn't just change into the demon or it wasn't like a weird trick of the lights where he it was him and then it was like, oh, maybe it's a demon. Oh, no, wait, it's him.
0: But she doesn't see like Dwayne Barry, No. Or one of the other guys who's kidnapped her. Right. She sees a bald guy with a ginger goatee and then a swarthy looking dude and then a caveman. Mm Mm-hmm. It's real strange.
1: And it doesn't come back.
0: Or get explained.
1: Nope. Bastard has filled a bathtub for her. He's got a lot of bath oils and things that probably smell really nice if he was not making it ice cold.
0: It does look lovely.
1: It would be lovely if it was, you know, hot. (laughs) And not in Pastor's apartment. (laughs) Or wherever he's at. He's at, oh, it says abandoned house. So this is another thing. If this is an abandoned house, it's got an amazing clawfoot tub. How did he find that? For one.
0: Because it was his mom's house.
1: Was it? Yeah. Did we know that? Yes. Oh. This is when I was looking for what that book's name was. Apparently. Because I was done. <laughs> the, Where is his mom?
0: Is his you? mom is dead. Uh, she was living in Boca Raton. She's a snowbird. Okay. And then she died a year ago. She left that house to her daughters. All of them, apparently. Which I guess is why nobody lives there. They're just planning on selling it. But in 94, the market was bad, so they didn't want to sell yet. Something like that.
1: Okay. Hmm. Well, whatever. He got to his mom's house in plenty of time to really just clean that tub. It was very nicely clean. Well, there was
0: plastic on everything else. Maybe there was plastic on the tub. Maybe. Before he...
1: You don't think he decided he was going to clean it before murdering a woman and putting her into an ice bath?
0: Doesn't seem like it's necessary.
1: <sighs> so he's got the tub filled. Faster tells Scully he's going to bathe her. Knowing she will be killed, Scully shoves Faster into the tub and flees but finds all the doors locked. Faster retrieves her gun because it flew around in in the kerfuffle and begins stalking her through the house, which he is familiar with because it's his mom's house. When Faster reaches the closet that Scully is hiding in, he smiles and slowly opens the door. She sprays him in the face with tile cleaner, which I thought was n- a good. nice touch.
0: For a second here, I'm thinking, oh, Scully's actually going to rescue herself.
1: Yeah, I did too, but no.
0: Like, it still wouldn't make this episode worth it, no. but at least it would have some sort of redeeming value.
1: Right. She got away, and then the, the guys showed up, and she was just like, I just kicked him in the balls and the face. And right. Then...
0: <laughs> and then the balls again, just because.
1: <laughs> and then they were like, great, we'll, uh, we'll carry him from here. But no. Faster chases are down. Uh, a struggle leads them to falling down the stairs, where several agents come in, led by Mulder and Box. Who have broken down the door, and they arrest faster.
0: Well, first, Scully grabs her gun, points it at faster, and then she sees the demon and gets scared and doesn't pull the trigger, and then he, like, smacks the gun out of her
1: hand. I don't understand this demon situation.
0: It's real bad because it was a cool-looking monster, and it got completely wasted.
1: I think they think they did enough with the demon by talking about how... A person couldn't, a human uh, couldn't a do this. He's got to be a monster. And I think and they're trying
0: not. to, they're trying to be clever with like, oh, the psychology. He really is just a dude. But you know, ooh, what kind of do we see him as a monster or whatever? I think they're trying to be clever.
1: They aren't. It's not good. No. As a woman in this world, it's not good. <laughs> as a man in this world,
0: it's also not good. That it's just it's clumsy.
1: It is very clumsy. But it's also like, stop pretending that men aren't doing this. Yeah. And that it's demons. Mm. Because it's not. All right. So, Faster is taken away, and Scully breaks down and cries in Mulder's arms. Using the paint on the car, the agents had traced it back to Faster's mother. Oh, you're right. Who died a year ago, and you told us all about that. And um, that's that's how they found them, which is great. They did a little bit of cop work. A little bit. Mulder types up a case report likening faster to Satan in human form, tracing his psychosis to his childhood, being raised by a predominantly female household.
0: Ugh, wow.
1: You know what happens when you're raised by women?
0: You kill people.
1: Yep. Mulder theorizes that people like faster, people who are ordinary in seemingly every way, exist in our everyday lives, and what happened to Scully and the other victims would conceivably happen to anyone. Or could conceivably happen to anyone. His report delivered in voiceover is accompanied by a montage of photos of Faster in various states of childhood, with just the craziest ears, (laughs) before ending with a shot of Faster behind bars. And Mulder closes this with, it could happen to you.
0: I kind of checked out both times during this part, because it was hard to pay attention to. It's... They really thought they did something.
1: Yeah, they really did. And, oh my god. So we have some more on Chris Carter. This episode is one of the few in the series that has no paranormal elements in it. So that lets us know that the, um, Okay, good. Yeah. Let's us know that they really thought they were doing something there. Uh Uh-huh. Carter said of the episode's conception, quote, My first chance to work with David Nutter in a long time, and I wanted to give him something he could sink his teeth into. It's a little bit different for us. It doesn't really have a paranormal aspect except for Scully's perceptions of her deepest fears. I felt like I had to figure out what she was most afraid of. And she is most afraid of those things that most of us are afraid of. The idea of dying at the hands of someone, creature or not. And she is helpless to do anything about it. I thought it was a very good way to explore Scully's character. Unquote.
0: I'm sure that's what you were thinking.
1: Very good way to explore her character. Yeah. The scene where Dana Scully imagines faster appearing as a devil was influenced by real-life accounts, as described by Carter, quote, there are reports of people who had been under the spell of Jeffrey Dahmer, who actually claimed that he shapeshifted during those hours when they were held hostage, that his image actually changed, unquote. And Nutter said, quote, in many ways, Chris wanted to sell the idea that, as established in Mulder's closing dialogue in the show, not all terror comes from the paranormal. It could come from the person next door, unquote.
0: Ah, uh, whatever.
1: I feel like I'm reading into this and I'm giving, I might be giving David Nutter more than he's, <laughs> more than, more credit than he's due, but I, I like that it says, in many ways, Chris wanted to sell this idea. <laughs> <laughs> so this was Chris's idea. Uh-huh. And he thought it was spooky. So, was that an irresistible episode?
0: Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Simply irresistible.
1: Simply irresistible. I did sing that song.
0: No, you were singing unbelievable, which kept singing irresistible. And...
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Simply irresistible. Oh, you're right. Never mind.
1: Song. All right. Well, what do you want to close with? You going to ship anybody? No,
0: nobody's getting shipped in this episode.
1: Are you going to uh, survive?
0: I'm going to survive because I'm a dude.
1: Yeah, I'm apparently not going to survive, so.
0: Well, I figure you've got short hair and it's always dyed. I feel like that gets you, gets you off the hook.
1: Yeah, I was saying I was going to grow it, but maybe I won't because faster will come kill me. Yeah. What a terrifying dude. <sighs> Notice I said dude and not Satan. Monster. Although, if demon. you want to read a good book about, well, is it a good book? If you want to read a book about a, a demon, I just finished Horns. By Joe Hill. Yeah. It's another book that's premise is all based on annihilating a woman. So not loving that.
0: Oh, cool.
1: Yeah. What's something pro-woman that we could suggest people do.
0: Is there anything?
1: (laughs) It doesn't feel like it right now. It really doesn't.
0: I don't think there's been any feminist
1: work in the history of
0: (laughs) humanity right now. I'm so bummed by this episode.
1: And that's why people, primarily men, didn't like Black Christmas 2019 because they said it was too much about angry feminists. <sighs> and this is why we're all angry. Yeah. <laughs>
0: How dare they defend themselves? Right? They, it, a, a nice, good, proper woman would just get murdered.
1: You know, <laughs> we have been for <laughs> hundreds of years. <sighs> Well, that was fun and charming. Yep. Anything else? Oh,
0: I'm in a great mood.
1: You look like it. I'm going to go back to work and and, and stay away from you. (laughs) Stay out of your space.
0: I'm going to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where I'm a Viking woman, and I'm going to murder every man I run
1: into. Cool. You know what? Redemption. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye.
0: The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at CastFiles. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Green. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at TheCastFiles. That's D with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things, artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a tea public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Atuka Art. That's O-O-K-A-A-R-T.